0: This week on the Baseline Podcast, Josh and I discuss the fallout of the Michigan game. What happened with Ohio State and what happened with Michigan? What did they do well? What didn't they do well? And what's going to happen next for the Ohio State Buckeyes? Will they make it to the college world playoff by one of these teams losing this weekend? Or will they have to look forward to another bowl game plus the future? Then we talk about the Cleveland Browns. They get Deshaun Watson back this week. What does that mean for this team? Can they make the playoffs? Or will they come up short? And finally, we talk about the World Cup. What did the USA do? How are they succeeding? And what will they do next? All that and so much more coming up on the baseline podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the baseline podcast. Just two of us this week. I'm Ben. That's Josh. And we are we are back a rough weekend for for myself and for many Ohioans out there. But I will say the Cleveland Browns won, guys, that that's you know, that just made my my weekend a little bit brighter and just a little bit beat Tom Brady beat the goat and that just made me a little happy. So um, we'll get all, to all the football discussion, and everything like that, but I hope you guys have been enjoying. I hope you guys enjoyed last episode. That was so much fun for Josh and I. We didn't get to rest. Really that was a it. blast. It was, it was amazing. We didn't really get Best to Best episode it. we've done. Oh, by far. We really didn't get to say it last uh, last week, but we we're really appreciative of both David and Chris for taking time and hanging out with us. Hopefully, we'll have more of that in the future. Um, but yeah, shout out to those guys. They're amazing. Go check out all of their stuff. And also, uh, make sure you let us know on the comments, who would you like to see? Who would you like to see come on the show? You know, Maybe throw some names out there. Maybe Jared can come back in and talk about how the United States beat Iran. We'll get to that as well. But first off, Josh, what are we going to start today's show off? And I'm pretty sure everyone knows, but go ahead and introduce it.
1: Well, yeah, we did our best episode last week. So, uh, again, thank you for everybody that listened, tuned in, shared it, commented, what have you. Uh, But. As you all know, that game did not go uh, as Ben and many other uh, Ohio State fans had hoped. I am uh, repping my team, Florida Gators. This is the only weekend that uh, both of our teams lost. So just kind of showing moral support that uh, we suck too. And uh, in, the, in the spirit of losers, also got the LA Dodgers hat on as well because it matched. But anyway, uh, Ben, I don't know if you want to yeah. just... Get some things off your chest here because yeah. I know a lot of a lot of the weaknesses that we pointed out in Ohio State all against year. these lesser teams like Iowa, Northwestern, you know, what have you. I think all of those came to fruition on Saturday. It looked like Ohio State may have underestimated Michigan or at least was overmatched once again. But uh, I guess what do you have to say, Ben, because yeah. some people are saying that this all came down to five plays, but you can't just erase those five You know, explosive plays that Michigan had and say, well, you know, if you take away, you know, the 85 yarder and the 75 yarder and the 65 yarder and the 50, whatever yarder, then, you know, then they only had 60 yards and we win the game 42 to nothing. Like you can't do that. Those plays happened.
0: Yeah, you know it is interesting. And before you talk, I'm pretty sure you're wearing that Florida shirt because you and my dad were going off of it on Facebook today before we were filming this. So uh, I
1: woke up. <laughs> funny side story: I woke up and there were four comments on an <laughs> article that I shared about Ryan Day. Of course, being it was my dad. To Larry Coker, and I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!"
0: <laughs> and it's my father.
1: <laughs> Wait uh, a minute, but it was all good. It's yeah, good. it was all good.
0: Yeah, and you know my dad; he's just trying to give you a hard time. But uh, yeah, no. To go to go off what you said, Josh, you know, I was never one, even after the game, you know, my dad and I were talking and, and another one of my friends here in Hungary that is a high state fan. And, you know, I it has nothing to do with those plays, right? Like they were going to happen, they happened, whatever. It was the fact that you had a chance to blow this game wide open in the first half. You looked like you were going to early on. If you, this is what I'll say this, and, and I, this might be a shock to many high state fans, but I do believe that if you go up 28 to three or 24 to, to six 24 to 10 going into halftime that is a different ball game than a 20 to 17 when you know Michigan's a second half team and you know all Michigan's gonna do is like we don't have to change anything we're just gonna keep doing what we're doing so my thing was is that I felt like they did not capitalize on those those opportunities in the first half and on top of that I also feel like they, they, you know, they really hurt themselves many times. You know, they had that thirty-five yard penalty because of a holding, and then a stupid personal foul. And you have all these things add up, right? But I want to say this to all the high state fans out there: I'm not saying to fire Ryan Day, right? <laughs> I, I told, I told Josh, I said, I'm glad I didn't do this on Sunday. I ran, yeah, we, we talked about doing it on Sunday, and I, I just kind of said, no, nah, I really. And part of it was just me; I needed to like kind of recalibrate what is happening, right? And and I'll just say this. Do I think Ryan Day is the best person for the job at Ohio State right now? I believe so. And that's coming from hearing a lot of people that are on the inside of the Woody a lot of the time, and they really – they truly feel like he can be – the difference is, is that Ryan Day, and I'm gonna say this right now, and it's the one thing that frustrates me most. Ryan Day needs to stop calling plays. He's a genius. No one, no one, no one says anything else. But when was the last coach that c- called plays win a national title? Urban Meyer didn't call plays. Look at look at Luke Lincoln Riley. He loses all these big games, and he's the one calling plays. There's no one that's calling plays because they can't handle the situations. Look at G Scott. You saw him headbutt the guy. That should be a head coach handling that situation. Instead, it's an assistant handling the situation. So what I'm saying is, is that there are things that can be done to, to flip the switch. To I'm not saying reset. You know, I use the word reset. I don't mean to go out and fire everyone. No, no I'm not saying that. But hey, there are some adjustments that can be made. There are some coaching decisions that could be different. And I think for me, it was really frustrating because I felt like, and I still feel that if if it was coached right, Like Michigan. I'm going to give my hats off to Michigan. They were coached well. They were disciplined, everything like that. And hats off to them. But I will say this. If Ohio State would have been as coached that well, I believe, I truly believe it was head to head again. I believe Ohio State is still the better team. I think talent wise, execution wise, when they're at their best, Ohio State is a better team. But that being said, they got outplayed. They got out coached. They got out smarted on many different things. Like, you know, we were talking about the fourth and five that should have been a fake punt that was mis- executed. Michigan would have done that. They would have executed it. And they, th- these are little things that add up. Yeah, of course, those big plays. Well, if we would take those away, I don't believe, I still believe that we could have lost that game still with those big plays being taken away. And so, honestly, Josh, it, it, it was really frustrating as an Ohio State fan. And I'll be honest with you, this one hurts worse than last year. And this one hurts probably. It does. This one. has gotta. One's, this one hurts more. This one's probably as painful as the Iowa loss back in 2017. That was like, wow, we 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 got we got beat, and the worst part about it is that that image at the end of the game, when they put the flag in the center of the field, and and I'll be honest with you, and I and I Anthony Schlegel said this on uh, the podcast. He said just so you know, if Jim Trussell was the head coach, that thing would have been laminated and p- put on every single locker. And it's going to stay there until next year when you go to Ann Arbor and you can lay some wood. And I believe, and I, and I truly believe this is fr- a test for Ryan day. If Ryan day truly wants to be the head coach at ISA, or let's be honest, any division one program, then you have to get your bootstraps together, right? You took the week off this week, whatever happens on, on Friday and Saturday, if you don't make it, okay, then let's prepare for next year. If you do make the playoff, you know what the possibility is that you face Michigan at some point. I truly believe that Ryan Day needs to sit down and go, what do I want to be? Do I want to be more of a CEO that can manage this whole program? Or do I want to be that offensive glorified offense coordinator as a head coach? Because if that question's answered, and he can truly be that CEO that we saw Urban Meyer be and Jim Trestle be before him, then I believe this is not a John Cooper. This is not a Larry. This is not a Larry Coker. This is a Ryan Day that can do some damage, um, and and so I, again, Josh, it's disappointing. But for some reason today, I woke up and I was like, you know what? Whatever happens, happens. And if we don't make the playoff, like, yeah, I'm gonna be disappointed. But at the same time, you know, I hear people, well, I don't want to make it. We didn't beat Michigan. I'm like, dude, if you get an opportunity to play for a national title, you take it, no matter what the cost, right? So for me, at the end of the day, man, I, there was a lot of disappointment. But um, I still think the future is bright with this team. I think C.J. Stroud learned that um, You know, he, he feels like everyone's judging him harshly. I'm like, yeah, you came to Ohio State you to beat Michigan, to win a Big Ten and win a national title, and you've done none of that. I'm going to judge you harshly because it, it might not be your fault, but that's what people are going to view your legacy as. He should have won the Heisman this year. If he would have walked in there and dominated, his Heisman's his, no matter what Caleb Williams does. And so for me... I think there's a lot that was left out there. And we never saw the true Ohio State team that I think we all thought we were going to see at the beginning of the year. We have not seen that full team. And I would love to see it. I would love to see them against Georgia or someone like that. But at the end of the day, it's not up to us anymore. Um, so but yeah, th- that is my rant. Josh, I hope that explains things from my perspective. Hope you get a little understanding from from my perspective. Maybe I'm not as crazy as some of the other highest, yeah. but I'm trying to be more logical.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh that is another reason, like you said, that you we decided to push us off a little bit. Plus, we get to see the college football playoff yeah. rankings and then a That's couple other things. Yeah. So, And you get a little bit more level heads. I ran a poll on my Instagram on Monday when uh, everything kind of cooled down. And about 33% said Fire Ryan Day. I personally don't think so, but I agree with you on uh, your... Uh, take on the coaching like michigan out coached ohio state in this one we can go back to last year you go and spend two million dollars on jim Knowles, and the defense was improved like don't get me wrong from last year to this year big difference but if you pay two million dollars to a dude you can't allow more points in that game than we did last year like you brought jim Knowles in to help you beat michigan first off jesse minner on the other side for michigan What a game called by him. Like, Ohio State was making moves down the field. Like, I think they ended up with 495 total yards, but only the 23 points and only three points in the second half. Like, bravo to Jesse Minner. And then on the note for Ryan Day, like the play calling, maybe maybe the moment is too big for Ryan Day. Like you said, when you're calling the plays, you can't handle those G. Scott penalty situations like you could if you weren't. Uh, all these plays that he's been calling throughout the year, like these bubble screens that are going nowhere. And I also thought some of the personnel that he was using was kind of odd, like how much he was uh, involving chip training and running plays specifically for Xavier Johnson. We have and Dallin Hayden,
0: Dallin Hayden, just sitting Down
1: there. Dallin Hayden, I, that was the guy that I said was going to be my X factor for Ohio Take State, course. and I don't even think he saw the field until like late in the third quarter. And you're one. playing
0: and you're playing third string defense alignment in there in the biggest game of the year? Like, it just, Yeah, that's, that's another to
1: thing me. too, is just all the rotations. Like it's, it's cool to be deep but you want to play your best players in these, these big games. So I'm, I'm a hundred percent on board with you on the coach. I think Michigan out Ohio state in this one. And like I said, I don't think Ryan day should be fired, but you do. I do also want to say this about the rivalry, like the rivalry is back, right? Which is awesome. Michigan, which is awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. This is not the same Michigan team that urban Meyer had been beating the crap yeah. out of that. Jim Trussell had been beating the crap out of. You don't have like John O'Korn, or uh, like Will Spate or Devin Gardner, no disrespect to those guys on the other side, like you're dealing with five-star recruits. You're dealing with huge guys on the line. You're dealing with first round NFL draft picks. Now, like Michigan is here to stay. I think the rivalry is back. And I mean, what, how do I want to say this? like it's, it's definitely not the same Michigan team that uh I guess Ohio State's been accustomed to. Like they just kind of yeah. took for granted the last two decades that Michigan was a win. It's not now. And you go to Ann Arbor next year and J.J. Mm-hmm. McCarthy and Donovan Edwards are still going to be there. So as a fan of neither side, I am excited that this rivalry is back, but I don't think it's going to get easier for Ryan Day, especially when you're losing guys like C.J. Stroud you're losing guys like Cade Stover. You're losing basically almost all of your safeties, which I mean, both they were tackles. kind of the reason that you lost the game. <laughs> yeah. Both tackles too. Dewan Jones is probably gone. Paris Johnson's graduating. So it's, it's time to, you know, crack down, get these guys developed. And uh, like you said, get back to the drawing board. I think before the season started, we both said that Ohio state was going to be 12 0. Like I thought the revenge tour was real. I thought the home field advantage being at Columbus was real. And I even, the guy that I was watching the game with, uh, my boy Jordan, we were watching that first drive that Ohio State had where they scored a touchdown. And I looked at him and I was like, Ryan Day is not messing around today. There was no like stretch zone runs. Like there was the the reverse with Xavier Johnson. I think got a first down anyway. That's the only kind of those plays that we saw. We saw CJ slinging it. We saw the touchdown. I was like, there was. I mean, Ryan Day's locked in, man. They're gonna win this game. And then. They go up to you know, ten again. to three, and then that then JJ gets off the two explosive plays, and you're looking at halftime, and Ohio State has outrushed Michigan. I think 124 to 10. And if you had told me on uh, when we were recording the last podcast that Ohio State was going to outrush Michigan 124 With to 10 by the half,
0: back.
1: yeah, I'd be like, dude, they're probably up 28 to nothing at this half. They but that wasn't been. the case. That wasn't the case because Ohio State, and I mean, this showed up in the second half too. They weren't finishing drives in these big you games. Know. Field goals, punts aren't going to cut it. You got to get those touchdowns. You can't have the stupid penalties. You got to be able to stop the big plays. And I mean, that was all those categories. I'm pretty sure Ohio State lost on.
0: Yeah, you know, and 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 I'll be honest, Josh. I think, I think you look at this this game, and and I know Ohio State fans are it's hurting, and and I get it, man. I, I like my wife didn't understand why I was so sad for, you know, like a day, and it's just because you you. Like if you live in Ohio, Josh, you know this. Even though you're not a fan of either, you know how much this means to Ohio State fans and to Michigan fans alike. This, the, like, this makes or breaks like your year. Like as a Ohio State fan, like, if you right. beat Michigan, you you don't have to hear people at work bashing you or whatever.
1: If you're also- CJ Stroud and Ryan Day, you can't talk 365 days a year that the one yeah. thing that matters is Michigan, and then go into the press conference and CJ be like, "This game doesn't define us," or Ryan Day be like, "If we still get in the playoffs, we're a dangerous team." It's like. <laughs> where what that that's not what you were talking about all season long and i think
0: part that's of not it what is that we were talking about all yeah, off season i think part of it is that like i will give some cut to to cj i mean cj like he took it like i mean he he takes a lot as a quarterback and right i'm more upset at the way ryan day said not as much as what CJ said. I, I I a little bit of what CJ said, but I think with CJ, he's also like, he was also emotional because it is probably his, it is his last home game. That was his last yeah. game in Ohio. With State. Ryan day. Probably
1: yeah. he handled the press. Well, I thought, but yeah. at the same time, like he, there was no, like, you know, I was sick excuse like last yeah. year. No, I he was mean, he he owned honest, everything, yeah. but, but again, it was another empty stat line that he had. Like he yeah. didn't ball out. Like everybody thought he would. Now I
0: will say this. I, I, someone asked me this today actually at work because they know I'm a high State fan. They said, do you think that if Ohio State made the playoff, they asked me this, do you think they still are one of the best teams in America? I was like, absolutely. I still think Ohio State at their peak, their peak. So when the defense is flowing, when the offense is playing the way it has been at the beginning of the year, I think Ohio State's, if not the best, one of the top three best teams in the country. The question is then is now you've put it out of your hands, Right this is not right. in your hands anymore this is in the committee's hands and they they have shown that they like you and they didn't say like last night they said you know they they didn't get blown out and move on no they said like we really we really are impressed by a high state which if you're a high state fan you're like wow i'm shocked cuz normally you're like you get trumpled by Alabama we did see we did see them against penn state who's a very good team explode in the fourth quarter like they are yeah. capable of that exactly and i think if I would say this. I think a high state would have been four in the college world rankings if they would have only lost to Michigan by three. They would be at number four right now. Perhaps. I truly believe that. Um, you, can't, I, you, yeah, you can't. Yeah, you can't get blown out on your home field. No, like that. and that's that's the thing. So, anyways, the fact that they're only five even is like wow. You yeah. know, but I think it was that. Everybody how talks much... about
1: how the committee's. Everybody talks about how the committee's biased towards Alabama. Everybody thought that maybe Bama would be the five, but I, but Ohio think, State's at five. Yeah, I think. them play is, this
0: weekend? Yeah, I think part of it is the way they respected Ohio State all year. They always were at two or three, and mainly mm-hmm. at two. They never were slipping down. It was always respect with Ohio State, and so I think that played a factor. And and speaking of the College Football Playoff, uh, we will. We'll, we'll, we'll touch on that here in a bit, but before we get to the college playoff, Josh, I would do want to ask you as someone that wasn't in the, in neutral, it was, it was neutral in the game, right? Do you feel like if this Ohio state team plays at, at their peak level, like we saw at the beginning of the year, right? At the, after the Notre Dame game, the next few games there, do you feel if this team's at their peak, they are one of the best three to four teams in the country?
1: One of the best three to four. Yeah, it's, it's tough to say just because everybody's been in conference like TCU credit to them being undefeated. They've played a lot of teams with their backup quarterbacks and only beaten them by one yeah. score. We've seen we've seen Max Duggan have some slip ups Uh And the defense more so win games against Texas. And I think the other one was uh, Texas Tech. We saw them have to rush onto the field to kick that game winning field goal against Baylor. Like, I know it is tough to go undefeated, but we are seeing them kind of uh, get some close calls here. We saw USC, the only loss they've had all year is on that two-point conversion to Utah. Like, the... Even last week against UCLA, as fun as that game was to watch, UCLA was still in striking distance, even though during Thompson Robinson had thrown three or four picks in that game. The defense on USC's, you know, you could say it's below average. They really rely on turnovers. And, I mean, that kind of showed in the UCLA game when UCLA still has a chance to win with all those interceptions. Uh, I think it would come down to matchups. Like I think the Ohio state's definitely in the top five. Like they're going to be in my top five power ranking when we list all that out, but to go three or four, like I don't think that they would match up well against USC. I think Caleb Williams would shred that secondary even more so than what JJ McCarthy did. I think that, you know, TCU, Ohio state might be fun to watch, but I don't really want to watch them have to play. Uh, This, this is the other thing too, is I feel like Ohio state, Georgia would be maybe a better matchup for the team than USC, if that even makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I I think – I think uh, here's – just to kind of wrap that up. I think Ohio State would give any of those teams a good game. I don't know if they would beat, you know, those teams at the top. Like, at their best, if they don't have some of those mistakes, maybe they can compete better with Michigan. Georgia, maybe a little bit better of a matchup. But top five for sure, I don't know about third or fourth,
0: though. I'll say this. If you're the committee, right, right let, let's just – and we'll let, let's move into our college football discussion, Josh. So if you guys don't know, I, I'm going to just state – so at number one, we had um, Georgia, two at Michigan. A little controversy there, but not really. Three, we had TCU, four USC, five Ohio State, then six Alabama and seven Tennessee. That's a little interesting, but I, I will get on that in a second. Yeah, I know I people have stupid, been talking about that's that Alabama Bama. Bama losing
1: the head-to-head, but it's, it's like dumb. right now, Tennessee without Hendon Hooker isn't the same team, no. so I I get why they did someone, that.
0: Someone did say But though, well, they put up 50, 59 points against uh, Vanderbilt. I'm like, can you repeat that? Just repeat it for yourself. Well, Florida didn't put up 59 points well, on Vanderbilt. Well, that's Florida. Um, no, I, I will say this. Uh, listen, you've been giving me digs all week. I get at least one in. Um, yeah, you do. Uh, no, I, I will say this. I think so we'll look at this, right? So we know that if Georgia or Michigan, even if they lose, they're in. So we know one and two are in, yeah. no matter what. All right, those two are now. Here, let's anyway. go through some scenarios, Josh. Let's go through some scenarios here. So yeah. let's let's go on Saturday. If one, two, three, four win, there's no debate. It's over. Right, all it's four teams stay go. The same. Right, Yep. it goes that way. And the interesting part of this is, is if let's say, and 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 so we all know that would happen. Then Ohio state would either go to the Rose bowl or orange bowl. But I'm hearing from reports from certain people that are in the media close to Ohio state. So Ohio state's actually pushing not to go to the Rose bowl to face Washington. They're actually per, um, pushing to go to the orange bowl and face the winner of North Carolina Clemson. I've heard that too. And yeah. They're letting Penn state go to the Rose bowl. And I understand. I mean, you've been to the Rose bowl like four times in the last like six years. Like it, it really would get old. So, um, So that would be interesting. I would love to see like a North Carolina high state matchup or even a Clemson rematch with the high state. That'd be really cool to watch. Um,
1: Yeah, since you just brought up Clemson, I just randomly remembered. Remember, and I'm not taking any shots at our boy Chris, but you remember
0: when you said Clemson's more so their rival than Michigan? That is funny. And I love how he never mentioned that the last few times he'd been on. I think he's just <laughs> kind of realized that he was kind of stupid by saying that. Um, love you, Chris. Um, but uh, it, it is. So anyways, so that would happen. Alabama would go to the Sugar Bowl uh, and they would face whoever. I think it's the Big 12 champ which would have been, which then would be Kansas state. Oh, that would be a blowout. Oh, why would I even want to watch that? Um, So there'd be that game. um, And then so on and so on. Um, The real interesting thing is, and we'll get to some of the coaching hires here after this, but um, so if you, let's say then on, on Friday night. So if anybody doesn't know Friday night, the PAC 12 plays their championship game, which is weird. I'm sorry. That's just stupid. I think they Um, did that just so everybody could watch all the games (laughs) instead of them all being on the same day. (laughs) true which
1: cool i'm glad they did that
0: but friday night yeah interesting it's weird and then saturday we have obviously all the other championship games now if friday utah beats usc We now have a Utah champ once again, and they beat USC down twice. USC will have two losses. This is the most reasonable, and I think Josh will agree with me. This is the most easy way for Ohio State to get back in the playoffs, would be for USC to lose, because then USC would probably drop to I'm guessing five or six, one of the two. hundred percent. And you would have a not a
1: conference champ, two losses.
0: Yeah. And and I think that would be, and you know, you'll have USC fans, but well, we competed for a conference championship. Like you have two losses to the same team. And you're not a conference champion. Exactly. so And and the thing is, the one thing that helps Ohio State, Josh, and I think you'll admit to this as well, is that the fact that they're one of the they're the only one-loss team right now in the top 10. That's what they got going the for them. They're, they're LSU, the only team.
1: before they lost to uh, Texas A&M, and in that scenario where maybe they beat Georgia, they're a two-loss champ. Like, sure, but you still had two losses. And yeah. the committee still has never let a two-loss team in. Bama has been a two-loss team that has been left out. Penn State has been a two-loss High conference State. champ that has been left out. Ohio State last year and I mean even in the past I think they've been a two
0: loss conference champ not getting in so yeah so it so anyway so if 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 USC would lose then Ohio State would easily jump in and it wouldn't even be a question that would be automatic now the more weird one gets is if USC wins but TCU loses now a lot of people are kind of a 50-50 on this because some are saying well you can't really penalize TCU they were undefeated going into be a now now they're 12-1. and one. They'll have one more win than Ohio State. But then you look at Ohio State's wins, and they have the one against Penn State, which looks really good right now, and their only loss would be to Michigan. All their wins are by double digits. Yeah. And so uh, that one's more interesting. I want to hear Josh's take. Would you say, like, let's say USC wins, they would move to three. Would you give it to TCU, or would you give it to Ohio State in that moment? Or what do you think the co- committee would do if that w- would happen? Well, I've, would, I've they, would this... they keep TCU out? Would they keep TCU out twice now? With the I've high heard, I've heard the 2014
1: scenario brought up, like oh, TCU being three, their last win they won by 50, and then Ohio State blows out Wisconsin, 59 to nothing, wherever right, in the Big Ten championship, yeah. and then they jump up into the playoff, and TCU doesn't. And the reason for that was TCU didn't have a conference championship game, so Ohio State pressed enough years that they bumped them into it, and they both had one loss in that scenario. But this time around. TCU is the team that's playing this weekend. Ohio State is not, and TCU being three would one loss bump them down to that five range. I feel like the committee is rooting for that because the Ohio State brand would be better for the playoff than yes. the TCU brand. Yeah, I'm going to say it would happen. I think they would just bump USC to three, put Ohio State at four, and TCU would be at five on the outside looking in. Unfortunately. Just the timing of the loss, too. Like, if you lose early in the season, it does seem to work out better for you. I'm not necessarily agreeing that TCU should be left
0: out, but I think that would be what would happen. Ohio State would slide in, TCU out. And I think literally the committee, though, to be honest, is looking at that Ohio State-Michigan rematch. That's what they want. I really think that's what they want. They want that rematch. that brought them 17 million viewers during this last week's game. Can you imagine what it would be in the playoff? For a national title. Yep. Can you imagine? Oh my word. I, both, my, I don't think that they,
1: I don't think that, I mean, for them to face in the first round, I don't think that's likely just cause you would need a, yeah. a Michigan or a Georgia loss for that to happen as well. But the possibility of a rematch in a national championship, like how we got with Georgia and Alabama
0: last awesome. year after
1: the SEC championship. I think that's super intriguing.
0: Yeah. Now, now here's the third scenario, both. USC and TCU loses, which I believe is a very, this is very actually realistic to me in my head that I think there's a good shot. I think out of the two, USC has more of a chance to lose, I believe, because I think their defense is absolutely awful at times. Like, it's just got a lot of holes in it, and especially their pass defense lately. Like, Utah last time, they threw 400 yards. So my question is, Josh, what happens if there is uh, both those teams lose? Who goes in? Does Alabama slip slip in, or does it TCU stays in a high? I think I think
1: it. you got to in that case stick with the one loss. T- USC would slide out. TCU would slide down from three to four. put Ohio State in at three. You get the Michigan Ohio State rematch
0: Ooh. in the first round. <laughs> yeah, it it feels it it makes me it makes me flutter a little bit inside.
1: I think I think that rematch would be would, amazing. Uh, would be it yeah it'd be insane ratings I think the uh, Fox said that there were 17 million viewers yeah, for most the first ever. match imagine that second time with a, no other games going on <clears throat> what that kind of audience would be like but yeah I don't think I don't think that there's any scenario that Bama gets in being two losses no. there's always going to be a
0: one loss team in any of these scenarios that we do that could get in ahead of them so then my my thing is then we – I think we both think that if Georgia or Michigan lose, then it would just be a shuffling of numbers. I, they, they that's all would up. happen. Yeah.
1: yeah, if they lose – if they both lose, they might throw Michigan, – no, Michigan would be USC the one that would or, drop
0: the most. Michigan, if they lost to Purdue, would probably drop to four. That,
1: yeah, yeah, that's bad. I, th- I think that they still, even with LSU having three losses, be like, well, SEC.
0: So Georgia yeah. just falls maybe one or two spots. So – so we we've talked about all those scenarios, right? And and we we discuss each one. Like we said, we like the, I mean, most realistically, it's probably going to be all four win. Like knowing me and like my love, my love. For I Ohio think so State. too. Yeah. I mean,
1: these playoff situations always seem to work themselves out. So I think all of them are just going to win this
0: weekend. Yeah, but let's let's go let's go. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll touch, but game by game here in a second. But it's very interesting to me if you look at these games. Let's be honest. Caleb Williams has not did not show up until the last four weeks of the season. What he's been said,
1: heating up, man. What have he's we been
0: said? Up. Josh, we have said over and over that the Heisman always comes down to like the last four weeks of the year. What do you do? Well, those, those were also his
1: biggest games, too, which also yeah. works for his favorite, too. Yeah. And, and he's going to have another one here
0: with uh, the Utah game. And that's the thing. If there's anybody in this podcast has been more for pro Utah, it has been that man right there in that seat. That man has lived and died by Utah being one of the top teams. And then he just gave up after a while. But I will say, Utah the thing is, is the way that Lincoln Riley and, and Caleb Williams have been talking about Utah, you should be careful because they've been saying some like, oh, this is this is our game, whatever. And and I love how Utah's coach came out. I was like, Okay, sure. Yeah, that just Count us out like we're not here, because I I would say Utah can pose a big threat to USC. They can.
1: They're I they're really definitely can. not a team that you can overlook. But yeah, I'm excited for that one. Uh, also, not gonna lie, we're gonna see this in the in the Heisman rankings later. But I'm kind of glad that Caleb Williams has been balling out. Makes the makes it a little bit easier to kind of rank it? these. I think. Does it? Mm-hmm. does it? A lot of people are falling out, Ben. Hendon Hooker doesn't have his case anymore. I don't think Blake Corum can win it. I think no. he can still get an invite. Yeah. Caesar not winning that game isn't really going to help him out. Max Duggins kind of had some inconsistencies. Bo Nix has had some slowdown with his injuries. Drake May has had some bad losses, so I think it's... I know unless, I'm kind of spoiling unless, my unless, Heisman and, leader, unless, but it's unless, making it really easy to put Caleb at number one I'll right now, though. like what
0: David Cohn was saying. Unless Caleb just Absolutely has a bomb game this week, and they lose. That's the oh, only yeah. way CJ Stroud slips back in. If Caleb he bombs bomb in the conference game, championship, yeah. yeah, that'd be bad. So, okay. anyways, let's go ahead and predict these games, Josh. Because I feel like these, mainly these four, we're not going to go through all the conference championship games. I'm sorry, people. It, it some of these games, <laughs> it no one cares about the MAC championship. Okay, I'm sorry. No, no one cares. No, really, they don't. Um, but let's go ahead and talk about these games, Josh. Which one do you want to start with? Which conference championship game do you want to start with? start with the sec georgia lsu yeah um this is easy for me lsu has seemed seemingly faded over the last few weeks and uh i'm gonna go georgia i'm gonna go georgia 27 and i'm gonna go lsu 13 i just think lsu is not gonna be able to score on georgia so i'm gonna go 27 13 georgia
1: yeah i mean credit to lsu i think they're way more ahead with brian kelly in his first year than what i thought they would waiting for never would have guessed never would have guessed eight and four i would have guessed more like around the six and six range but georgia 17 and a half point favorite for anybody that cares i excuse me i don't see them losing this game Mm -hmm. like georgia is like everybody's close but i think georgia's like the clear-cut number one team in the country right now they'd be my national championship prediction right now going to go ahead and say Georgia easily wins this. That 17 and a half though might be a little tough for them to cover, but LSU also does at the same time start off slow. So what's your knows? score prediction? Score prediction this one. Let's give Georgia Let's give Georgia a 31 to 20 victory.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: I, yeah, I'm I'm not going to say they cover yeah. that, but definitely a, W,
0: double digit about, win. What about the next game? What what's the next game on the docket?
1: Let's rock with uh our boys still kind of down south. Clemson, North
0: Carolina. Uh, oh, this one's a tough one for me. This
1: one sounded this a lot tough, more fun right. of a matchup a couple it weeks did. ago <laughs> than it did
0: now. Hey, hey, I don't have DJ in my fi- Heisman finals. Okay, Josh, don't have to bash me. on I that will
1: one. not bring it up. You he played poorly, and you corrected it. So I did, that's, I'm I did. gonna
0: I'm gonna credit you um, for making the change. More I'm, than actually, I'm actually I'm just gonna go North Carolina here. I don't I don't know. Clemson has been so shaky on offense that I don't – at least we know with North Carolina they have a crap defense and they have a good offense. We know what we get with North Carolina. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm going to get with Clemson. And I think North Carolina's going to go in there. And I think Drake May's going to have a big game. And I think it's going to be – I'm going to go 34-24 North Carolina.
1: Yeah, I mean uh, quarterbacks in this one could be interesting because I think Drake May and DJU both could be auditioning yeah. for – Potential transfer portal suiters. State. High of state. <laughs> Hopefully, you're talking Drake Mayo. Yes, yes, I am. But <laughs> yes, but yes. Uh, but Clemson's seven and a half point favorite. I'm. I'm kind of thinking the same as you. Clemson, we really do not know what we, we can no get from them right now. Georgia has been going against some more of the tougher defenses on their schedule. So, Clemson also kind of has a good defense, but. If, yeah. To me, if Spencer Rattler can put up 31 on you, I think saying, Drake May can put up 40 on you. Yeah. I'll go ahead and say that North Carolina wins. I don't think it's a blowout. I'm, I'm going to go more so. Uh, let's go with a North Carolina 42, Clemson 35. Similar yeah. result as the Wake Forest Clemson yeah. game. Got it. Got it. Uh, let's see. Let's continue to move up the map. Purdue and Michigan. Michigan is 17-point really favorite this? right now in
0: this one. Okay, well, it's this is not even close. It's going to be Michigan. I'm going to go Michigan. They're going to run the ball all over Purdue. And it's going to be like Purdue, I think, will hang in there at the beginning because, one, Michigan's a terrible first-half team. And, two, Purdue can actually throw the ball, and they actually have one of the best receivers in the Big Ten. Secretly, one of the best receivers in the Big Ten. Um, I'm going to go Michigan 45, Purdue 17. I don't think it's going to be close.
1: Yeah, Michigan, uh, what they do last year? They defeated Iowa in the Big Ten. Game. It was 38-3. Like,
0: I, I thought they put up over 40. Well, it, was, it was 40, yeah. It was 45-3, to three, yeah.
1: I expect Purdue's offense to put up a little bit more than that, but similar final score. I think Michigan easily covers this 17-point spread. I'm going to go with Michigan. Let's go Michigan 45, Purdue
0: 20. And that's the thing as an Ohio State fan I just want to point out is that – you knew if you win that Michigan game, it's almost a guarantee win in the Big Ten game.
1: It is, and like that's what the Big so Ten West was so bad. And yeah. that's the
0: thing, and this is why I agree: the Big Ten should just get rid of conferences and then just have you mean uh, divisions? Divisions, yeah. sorry, and just have the the two best teams play, and that that's what it should be. I feel like that's what it should be, but that's oh, besides yeah. the point.
1: Yeah, there's there's arguments on both sides that on one it makes that game less so much more important. Yeah. Because it's yeah. like everything, the playoff spot, the conference championship, all runs through that game. you got to win it. There's no yeah. second chances. No, I agree. Yeah, yeah. So so that's, so, that's like the argument on the other side. But on the yeah. same time, it's like nobody thinks Purdue is the second best team in the conference. No. So, nobody so. thinks that Purdue should be playing for this game.
0: They're not, even, they're not even the fourth best team in the conference right now.
1: Yeah. So anyway. Yeah, it's crazy. So we, so but we got that one down. We'll move west now and go into TCU, Kansas State. We're going, like, north-south? We started southeast, southeast, we moved up, and now we're going out, yes. So, TCU, Kansas. TCU's had a lot of close spreads lately, Ben. Uh, Mm -hmm. The Baylor one, I think, was about two points. Uh, I can't remember the spread with Iowa State, I think it was, last week. But this one, another close one, two and a half points. I believe Will Howard is still playing quarterback for Kansas State in this one. Uh, Hmm. believe yeah. the first time these teams played it was something along the lines of a 38 31 final score that was actually the game that Adrian Martinez got injured in uh I'm gonna <laughs> I know as a Buckeye fan you're kind of rooting for Kansas State no, I'll be one. honest Do with you them, think they no. can
0: pull it off this second time around as an Ohio State fan I want I want Kansas State to win but I just believe that Kansas State without Adrian Martinez I don't know if they're gonna have enough juice um and so I'm actually gonna go TCU wins this game 34 31 on a last second field goal. Hmm. I just I I like all of me wants to say Kansas State, but there's just something about one that every time I pick a team to win, they always end up losing. So I'm just gonna <laughs> hope for this whole thing to happen, right? Um, but I, I'm gonna go. I, I just think TCU at the end of the day will will have enough firepower to get by Kansas State. But I will tell you this: I think if TCU will lose their first game in the playoff, I don't see TSU winning the first game in the playoff. I do not see tcu winning the 1st game in the playoff i do not
1: Yeah, I want to quickly correct myself. TCU did not struggle with Iowa State last week. That was 62-14. to (laughs) But the week before that, TCU 29-28 against Baylor. TCU 17-10 against Texas. TCU 34-24 against Texas Tech. TCU 41-31 West Virginia. 10-point game against Kansas State that first time around. 3-point game against Oklahoma State. 7-point game against Kansas. This is going to be close. I don't know if it's two points close, but... I think TCU does win this one, and I'm gonna go ahead and say their defense gets a couple stops because it's been their defense has been picking it up lately. That was uh the concern early on with TCU was we know that Max Duggan the offense can cook, but can the defense get enough stops? They've been shutting down some good offenses here in the Big Twelve lately too. So I'm gonna
0: say that they do that and against I, Will Howard the second time around. I, I will say the the only way Kansas State can win this game is they're very good running the ball. If they can run the ball and keep dug them off the if they can keep him off the field, then I believe that's the one way Kansas State can win.
1: Yep, this might be the Deuce Vaughn uh, game here if Kansas State wins. But
0: I'm going to go ahead and say
1: that TCU wins this one, 32 to 25.
0: Okay, you're a weird score sometimes. They're so weird when they add them up. It's just weird. <laughs> they All can right. be. And I'm then guessing, finally,
1: yes, wrapping up the.
0: Power five conference championships,
1: Utah and USC. They respect, They're mad respect in Utah and Vegas right now. USC is a two and a half point favorite in this one as well. Yeah. And it was a one point game the first time around. Came down to that two point conversion, I believe, in overtime.
0: See, see, Josh, all of me wants to just say USC is going to lose. But then there's part of me that just goes as an high state fan, and this is the way it is as a high state fan. You, we all know that what's going to happen is all four teams win on on Saturday and Friday. We, this is just what happens as a high state fan. You you oh. give it up to somebody else; it's just going to be screwed over. So, I, I believe my gut tells me. I, I think Utah pulls us out in some way. I don't know how, and I don't know if it's a safety. I don't know what it is, but there's going to be something that happens because we saw what Utah did to high state last year. Like, this team just does not quit fighting, and they're the most physical, most, like, just, they're more like the Big Ten team than they are a Pac-12 team. And I believe Utah's going to win this game, I'm going to say, 38-34. It's going to come down to the last few plays. I think Caleb Williams will, I think, think Utah's going to do enough to contain his legs, Force him just to beat him with the, with his arm, which we know he can, but saying, hey, we'll stop everything else. Just beat us with our arm. That's the only thing we're going to give up. So I'm going to say Utah squeaks this one out
1: 38-34. One thing I find interesting, Ben, about these conference championship games is like these teams that truly are in playoff contention almost always seem to win these. Yeah. Like, Clemson's never had a struggle in the ACC title game. It's also the um, ACC, though. Yeah. I mean, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, regardless who you throw in there, mm-hmm. they never seem to have struggled. Uh, I mean, we've seen Oregon, Utah, and, like, some of these other teams get upset in the Pac-12 championship when uh, nothing's on the line, right? Like, both teams already have two yeah. losses and neither is getting the plus. But it seems like these teams, like, they just almost always business. rise to yeah. the occasion. I'm going to go ahead and say that USC does the same in this one. But I still think close game, once again, I think USC can get that get that 40 point mark. I'm gonna go ahead and say they get 40. I'm gonna give Utah 37. This is gonna be close.
0: Okay. I will say this before we finish up this talk. What is your percentage? Which game do you feel has the most likely chance for an upset? Which has the most least amount of chance for an upset? Most
1: likely chance is the Utah USC, I think. Yep. Because Utah's already gotten that win they I mean, they're not a team to mess with. They really haven't been blown out in any of these games that they've no, lost they either. No. Like you got, you got to respect them. Uh Kansas State, I know they are going with Will Howard instead of Adrian Martinez, but they've still are a nine and three team. They've beaten some good teams this year. So I would probably put that second. Uh, I don't give LSU really any chance. I don't give uh Purdue really any chance. I'd say, I'd say Clemson and North Carolina. Actually, Clemson, North Carolina, I'm gonna throw them in the middle. yeah yeah, yeah. we know we know that dju at his best can win you a game but we don't really see dju at his best that much
0: yeah i i think that i agree with you on all those and i think at the end of the day i think you're gonna have i think you're gonna have a really interesting week of games and i'll be honest if i'll just say this josh if utah pulls out a win on friday I think every Ohio State fan will be sending the biggest basket of gifts to Utah. Like you will see, Ohio State University like have a campus inside of Utah's campus. They'll be like, we will put up our own because this is the thing. Like again, and I believe this with the bottom of my heart. I think if Ohio State's in the playoff, they are they are a dangerous team. And I and I I agree with what Ryan Day said. The question is, is what team you get. Do you get the Michigan team or do you get the team against Penn State? Which team do you get? That's the question. Um, and and so on. So we could spend hours talking on this, but Josh, I think it's time. Probably for the last time before these awards are decided. And really the power rankings are all yeah, decided. Anyways. I think they announced the ballot on um, yeah. December 5th. So why don't we talk about power rankings and then we will move on to our Heisman watch list. Uh, and then we'll talk about some, some NFL briefly and some soccer to finish up the show. How's that sound, Josh? Sounds like a Sounds plan, man. All right. So here we go. We have, let's pull up the list from last week. We had we had we had four people last week, Josh. We were just we were rolling last week. So last week, uh power ranking stood as this. Uh myself, I had one was Georgia, two Ohio State, three was Michigan, four was TCU, five was USC. Josh had Georgia one, Ohio State two, Michigan three, TCU four, USC five. David had. Uh, I think. I think we all had the same, didn't we? And this. Did we? Oh, we did. But I need to also say, uh, David. David had Georgia one, Ohio two, <laughs> uh, right. Michigan three, uh, TCU four, and USC five. And then Chris obviously had the same. So I know there's gonna be some shakeup. I'm guessing Josh. If I'm gonna guess yours right, I'm pretty sure I can guess. You just basically moved everyone else up one, and then dropped Ohio State to five. Is that?
1: Is yeah, that, is I'm. That right? I'm basically in a in agreement with the committee which doesn't happen often but yeah georgia one michigan two tcu three
0: usc four and ohio state at five i would think they got it right yeah i i I think they did get it right the only one i was thinking about was maybe putting um michigan one that was just because georgia kind of do you have the best win yeah michigan does have the best win this year But I have Georgia one. I think Georgia overall is the best team overall. I think Michigan's the second best team by far. I think there's a one and two, and then there's the gap. Um, And then TCU, then USC, and then five, I have Ohio State. So those are my five teams. I don't know who our guest this week is. We'll figure it out. Josh and I always figure it out. We usually just text somebody and they'll answer us. So, um, yeah, those are our power rankings, Josh. I don't think we have any quarrels over those, but the quarrels might happen in this Heisman this ballot, man,
1: it's tough right so now. So here we go. It's so tough. So here we go.
0: I'm going to read these from last week. They're a little different. I think each of them are a little different. So I had CJ Stroud 1, Caleb Williams 2, Drake May 3, Max Duggan uh, 4, Blake Quorum 5. Josh had uh, CJ Stroud 1, had Caleb Williams 2, Blake Quorum 3, Drake May 4, and Bo Nix 5. Uh, David Cohn had Caleb Williams one. Hmm. seems like he was onto something. Blake Corum two, CJ Stroud three, Drake May four, Michael Penix Jr. five. Keep that name in mind for for somebody. Uh, Chris has had Chris had CJ Stroud one, Caleb Williams two, Max Duggan three, <laughs> Blake Corum four. <laughs> He had Marvin Harrison Jr. at five. He
1: told That's me crazy. he's like, I literally don't know who else
0: right now, yeah. man. Of course. So of, course.
1: Like, oh, of course. But Homer. honestly,
0: honestly, <laughs> he's not that far though. Honestly, not that far off.
1: But in a cough for sure in that well, talk.
0: he should. He should. Hyatt probably will win it, but he should win it. Um, anyways, I will how about you start with yours and then I'll go with mine this time.
1: Well, you know, I've been looking for an excuse to get CJ Stroud out of number one. It. I think <laughs> I think I've had CJ at number one all year. He has not fallen out of it. And I know you convinced me the one time that I was like, they all, no one deserves it right now. Everybody's tied for second right now. Now I have my reason to take him out. So congratulations, Kid Williams, for heating up at the end of the season and all your biggest games. You have made it to number one in my ballot for now. Number yeah. two, I am going to say, like, you know, CJ did enough this year overall to, like, be number two, I think the all the efficiency stats are there. the total touchdowns are there. Uh, a lot of other people like being injured, like having their cases just collapse also helps that. So I'm gonna go ahead and put CJ at two. um this is where it gets tough for me because Blake is definitely a finalist for me, even though he didn't play in this game. I just don't yeah. think he can win it now. So I'm gonna put uh Blake down at five like definitely deserves it. uh my three and four though. This is where it gets tough because Bo Nix is out of my ballot now. I think he's his injuries have kind of caught up with him. He hasn't been himself the last couple games. Uh, Drake May, I mean, it's always been about the numbers with him. Is Max anyway, Duggan back? Max Duggan is back. Max Duggan is back up at three. I'm going to keep Drake in there for all the totals that he's got at four. I almost had Michael Penix in here, man, but I think more of his numbers are just because of how much Washington passes (laughs) the ball all the time. Yeah. His touchdowns like don't compare to like some of these other guys, his yards per attempt don't compare to some of these other guys, but the total yards are all there. I wouldn't be mad if someone had him in their top five like David did last week, but just to recap, Caleb Williams, one, CJ Stroud, two, Max Duggan, three, Drake May, four, Blake Corm five.
0: That's a good list. It's, Pretty similar to mine. Uh, I have C. I'm kidding. No, I have Caleb Williams <laughs> one. Caleb Williams one. I-, I I do think though, if Caleb Williams does have a bad game in the conference playoff in the conference championship game, then I do believe there's a discussion for C.J. Stroud to be then number one. Um, I I think Caleb's above C.J., but I don't think he's as above as what the Vegas is telling you he is. I think it's not that clear of a gap. I think there's a. I think it's just the way he wins games. But I do think if you look at overall, CJ Stroud has got one of the best seasons uh out there, even though it was a worse season than last year. Um, so I'm gonna have Caleb Williams one, CJ Stroud two at three. I have Drake May still. I I it is weird. I don't know where to put Drake May. It like, it's, I uh, don't know. It just,
1: I think he has uh, to play some part in these last yeah. couple
0: of losses because against
1: Georgia Tech, they only scored 17. Yeah. I think they scored in the 20s against NC State, which that's the best defense
0: he's faced all year yeah. at the same time, but still. Yeah. So I'm going to keep Drake May at three. Four, I'm going to have Max Duggan. And at five, I agree with you that that um, Blake Corm should be there. But for me at five, I have actually Penix Jr. I just, the way he's played some of these games, like, yeah, he's not going to be flashy. But he just – he throws the ball, and he throws the ball really well. And he does – and he – in that offense, yeah, you're going to throw the ball a lot. But, I mean, I can't – it's like the same thing with Drake May. Like, I mean, yeah, he he has different numbers than what Drake May does. But, yeah, he's still putting up some some pretty good numbers. And I think any team would take a quarterback that's doing what he's doing. Um, well, I found my excuse to get C.J. out of one, and you find your excuse to get Blake out of the top five entirely. Hey, you know what? That's what <laughs> I do over here. You know, I have to win this week, okay, somewhere. All right, I have to have a win. Um, <laughs> that is our Heisman watch list for week uh, 14 now. So, hope you love those lists. If you don't, please let us know in the comments. Disagree with us. We don't care. We really don't. Uh, honestly, B- Brian Grant probably has an issue with what I did. So, Brian, go ahead and comment. It's fine. Um, so, those are our lists. We are now going to shift talk briefly to college, uh, sorry, to the NFL, and then we will. Sp- uh spend the last few moments talking about the world cup so nfl josh hey our brownies beat the goat the browns beat the goat what can i say what can you say man i mean kudos to the
1: defense who's been getting shredded these last several games they're this ranked thirty second in fantasy point scoring are the and browns the They most, held the, the bucks to 17 ever. Very weird, dude.
0: They're the weirdest team. They beat the Bengals soundly, lose the next game by 30, then beat another, then lose again, and then beat another team. It's like this team is the weirdest team. And the thing is, I don't know if I want Deshaun Watson to come back because Brissett has been playing out of his mind this year. He's been playing amazing this year. And yet, we're still going to be excited for Deshaun Watson to come back.
1: I wouldn't go as far as amazing, but he's definitely exceeded expectations I think most had for him. And maybe the win over a team like Tampa Bay and a player like Tom Brady gives you a little bit of momentum going into the next game with Deshaun in his first game back, basically playing a preseason practice squad team against the Houston Texans. Now that I said that Houston may win that game now. But if you can win that Tampa game, then you can win this Houston game. You got uh, some winnable games on your schedule at the end of the year that aren't going to be as easy as those first four that we played. But But maybe you have a shot to go 9 and 8 and be in wild card contention by the end of the year.
0: And I'll tell you this: there's a good chance they could beat the Bengals again, the Ravens again, the Steelers again. There's at least three wins there. If you can beat those three, that puts you at, you know, seven and seven, and then you can figure out the last few games. So it's gonna be interesting. I will say one of the surprises of the NFL has been the Vikings, obviously, the, the, the Jets, the Giants. Um, a lot of these teams, the Redskins Rams, right the, now, even the Rams and the Rams being atrocious, like honestly, uh, Sean McVay getting hit by his own player, which was kind of funny, to be <laughs> honest. Um, And then we're not going to talk about the Broncos pick. OK, moving on. Um, No, I OK. I'll admit I picked the Broncos to go to the Super Bowl. And now I'm looking like the biggest class one idiot of all. Well, time. I picked them to at least win the division. Yeah, we we <laughs> I think we just expected more from Russell Wilson. He's just been we did absolutely terrible. We did. He's been so bad. And, it, and then even the Dolphins have been way better than we thought they were going to be. Yeah. Um, and who would have said a team I thought everyone was way too high on. Yeah, we both said that. And then I th- I was high. I decided to be high on the Saints and the Saints. They have one of the be- I will say this. Chris Olave has been absolutely amazing. Chris Olave has been one of the best rookies, man. And yet they have no quarterback. So CJ Stroud, maybe you can reconnect down there with uh, the Saints. Hook up you and Olave up together. I'm just saying. Just saying, yeah. um, but it's been crazy season so far, Josh. And, and, and you look at the Browns for instance, right? Like we both agree. They have probably the most, some of the most talent in the whole NFL, but it goes to show if you don't have good coaching, good play calling, good decision makers, and also to suspend a quarterback for 11 games, it does not help by any means. And you don't hand the ball off to Nick Chubb, which what happens when they handle the ball to Nick Chubb, they win games. It's just fascinating to me. It's like the, it's, it's literally the Ohio state Buckeyes at the professional level. That's all I'm going to say,
1: yeah, it's a, it's common among along the NFL too. Like anytime you fall behind, like you just abandon the run game. So, not falling behind early, like in the Miami Dolphins game, is key. You got to you got to at least keep it close within one score. Preferably get the lead early on, and then you can keep doing what you want to do, which is run with Chubb, kill clock. But,
0: yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. So this week uh we have the Texans. Josh, now we didn't. Did we choose? I don't think we chose last week.
1: We didn't talk about it. Uh, we but didn't talk about it, it. We
0: both picked. We Tampa both Bay picked win, Tampa Bay to win. Yes, and we so, were both wrong. So we were both wrong, which then puts me at. This has been a total of what eleven games? Now I'm now. Six, I don't
1: six. know the overalls. I just know I'm three games back.
0: No, I know that I'm now six and uh, I'm six and four now. No, so, sorry, I'm seven and four now. So then you are four and seven. That's that's how I say. It. Yeah. So you're four and seven. I'm seven and four. So going into this game against the Texans, are we going to be on the same page in this one, Josh? What do you got? What's the score and who do you got winning it?
1: I got a Cleveland win, and I don't know how it's going to happen. I mean, are we going to see Deshaun Watson from like when he was on the field over two years ago, or are we going to see a a Deshaun Watson game. that hasn't played in two years and it shows? You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, I think they're going to win. But I don't know how it could be. It could be anywhere from a, I could see it being anywhere from honestly a 30 point win to a, a three point win, to be honest. But I think somehow, some way they're going to win
0: it. Yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go a Browns win and I'm going to go, so Josh really can't make up any ground on this one. Um, I'm going to go Browns win and I'm going to go Browns win this 34 to like 17. I think the Browns defense hopefully will play better um Deshaun Watson has a lot to prove and I think he's going to have a big game I think he'll have a big game that's just my thoughts um Cooper Mari Cooper you know saved himself last week after that drop and to end up having a big catch um and I think I think they are going to run Nick Chubb a lot to kind of keep uh the Texans off balance of what's going to go on so
1: 34 17 sounds safe uh I would hope that Houston, for my fantasy team' sake, scores a little higher, gets Damian Pierce a little bit involved. <laughs> Jeff Wilson gashed us, so hopefully, uh, Damian Pierce can gash us a little bit, but not too much. Just this enough. Is why, this so, is why I
0: don't. This is why I don't play fantasy because then I start rooting for.
1: Players yeah, like, I know, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with uh with the Cleveland 34 to to 24 win. There we go. So we I got like to that a that, little bit better because hey. Damian probably got some TDs in that Jeez. one.
0: <laughs> there we go. We have a win. Both of us predict the Browns win, and that will put them at, if they win this game, put them at five and seven, which again is in striking distance. People don't realize the Browns are not out of it yet. They are still in striking distance. If they, they lost Tampa lost. Bay,
1: I would have said, like, yeah, because then they would have had to win out to just be nine and eight, yeah. and winning out would be hard.
0: I think they're going to, I think the prediction, I my personal thought is, I think they're going to finish nine and eight or eight and nine or 10 and seven, something yeah, in that range. There's
1: still not really much room to slip up, but. Being able to lose one game is better than having to win
0: them all. So, yeah, that's what I think. So, anyways, we're going to switch from the football field to the pitch of soccer or football, as you call it. Or to it, the other say, football field. Whatever. Yeah, whatever we're going to call it. But um, we've had some games, uh, Josh. We have some results. As we're doing this, I believe I, I can actually check. As we're doing this, I know there were some matches going on. So Argentina did beat Poland, Josh. So you're still alive for your final The championship pick is alive. Mexico beat Saudi Arabia. That was a surprise. Um. So right now, as we're speaking, I'm going to go over this right now. Um. Right now, Netherlands and Senegal have advanced, which Jared told us about Senegal being a. I think we all were in agreement. Yes. Just we differed on who was going to win the group. Exactly. Then we had England and obviously the USA had a big game against Iran. Sorry, Iran, according to a reporter. Don't get me started on that. Um, It's the same thing. Sorry, in English, that's how we say it. I'm sorry. Um, If you haven't checked that out, go see David Cohn's rant about that. It's amazing. Um, And then in Group C, we had Argentina, and it looks like Poland's going to go through on goal difference over Mexico. They had four points. Mexico had four points, but Poland had a zero goal difference, and Mexico had a minus one goal difference. That's crazy, man. That's a long time for Mexico to – that, that Mexico's been
1: getting out of the group stage. We, yeah. I brought that up when we did the episode, so that's crazy if they don't get out.
0: Yeah, so that it looks like that. And then in Group D, you have France and, and Australia, the Aussies. Oh, we didn't see Aussies. the Aussies coming, man. No, they actually, believe it or not, listen to this group, Josh. You'll be shocked. France and Australia finished top two. Then it was Tunisia at three, and Denmark finished last in the group with one Denmark, point. Wow, dude. Yeah, so one point for Denmark coming out very disappointing for the for the Danes, but right now we have three groups remaining to be decided. Um, the group E right now it's Spain leading with four points. They also have a seven goal differential, which is ridiculous. Japan Japan is third right now. Uh, sorry, second right now. Uh, Costa Rica is third, and Germany is last right now. Germany, I think Germany I had Spain point. being third in
1: that one and then Germany getting out, if I remember yes, right. I
0: had I had Spain and I think I had Spain and Germany or I had Japan in there, I can't remember. I definitely um, had Japan, I know that. And then uh, Group F, Croatia and, and uh, Morocco are tied for the top. Belgium is third and Canada is going to be eliminated with zero points right now. They have one match left so they could get a couple points here, but they're going to be knocked out. So no Canadians in there. The Group G, Brazil's already through. So yes, my champion's still through. Mine too. Uh, Switzerland is second with three points. Cameroon and Serbia are tied for third with one point. Um, Mm -hmm. So there'll be still some games played for that. And then Group H, Portugal is through. Speaking of Ronaldo, just want to speak and talk about this. We all know that he's leaving Manchester United. They agreed on that. Most people know that. But by the way, there's a chance he might go to Saudi Arabia. Listen to this, Josh. It's going to blow your mind. Three years $365 Three hundred sixty-five million dollars. Just think about that for a second. The man's it's gonna insane, make 100
1: a hundred million a Hundred million, nine a year. figures a year.
0: That is nuts, nuts. Anyways, and then in that group H, Portugal is at one, Ghana's two, third is Korea, and fourth is Uruguay. So an interesting group there as well. Um, that was any yeah. any surprises for you, Josh, in this before we talk about the USA game. Man,
1: uh, I mean, first off, Spain with the goal differential is kind of wild, but I don't think anybody would have been shocked for them to get out. I guess just uh, Australia getting through that was impressive. Yeah, it's a big
0: this. The Socceroos is what they're called.
1: <laughs> the Socceroos. Who? Who was another surprisingly last uh, place? Was that Germany? Germany, Germany was last. Was last place yeah. was one. Yeah, that was a shocker. Uh, I think we all thought Denmark was going to get out. Yeah, Denmark was That's a, a shocker. shocker.
0: Yeah, yeah. Qatar got zero points. Just so you know, lost all three matches. So. Good shocker there. Um, I think for me, Mexico not making it through and
1: that that is kind of a shocker. I I don't think any of you guys were as high in Mexico as I was. I was mostly just going
0: off history. But so I'm gonna double check this before we like go off air and then I'm not I'm wrong. So I'm like okay, so Mexico, uh, yeah, so it's it's come to an end. Yeah, they so it'd be the winner would be um Argentina and then Poland obviously made it through. So um. Yeah, so that was interesting for me. I think the way that Wales played against the United States and then finished last in the group was really interesting for me. Um but yeah, very interesting overall. Um France obviously dominating like normal um and and so my thing is is that this USA Iran game, I mean Christian Pulisic got kicked in the nuts and yet he still won the game. Like that that nuts, goal, dude. that goal literally Won the game and he got kicked in the nuts and missed the rest of the game. Was
1: that a real photo when he lifted his jersey up and said it's called soccer on his? Yeah, I'm like pretty like sure. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty that sure that wasn't photoshopped. It. That was no, real. I'm pretty,
0: yeah, I'm pretty sure he has it. Yeah, yeah. So That's cool. interesting, Josh. Do you believe this is the thing? The Netherlands are in my final, and they're playing the USA next. The USA plays Netherlands next. Do you think they get past the Netherlands? Yes or no? That happens on Saturday. Do they get past the Netherlands? We gotta score some goals, man. Like, yeah. I'll say
1: our defense has been good because I think we've gotten some shutouts. We didn't really let New England, or not New England,
0: England. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, that's just about to offend every English person that listens.
1: Yeah, New England over England, right? But nah, England. We played pretty good defense on them. I don't really know what Netherlands brings to the table offensively, but we gotta get some goals, man.
0: Yeah, the later in get get the goals. tournament, the later you get in the tournament. Yeah, defense is important, but you also need to score. And I think. I would have liked them to top the group because they would have faced Senegal if they would have won. I think they match up with Senegal a little bit better. And I think Netherlands, mainly because of their defense, I mean, they have Van Dijk and they have some really good forwards. It would just be interesting to see what happens with the U.S. I do predict, though, the U.S. I'm going to predict the U.S. wins in extra time. uh, And I'm going to say they win two to one. I think the U.S.A. squeaks out two goals. Do you got a prediction for us, Josh?
1: I don't think they win. I mean, I think it's this is a realistic expectation that we had to get out of the group. So it's like a step in the right direction. But I'm going to say better luck next time.
0: Netherlands yeah. wins this one. And the next one is in the U.S. So that one yeah. maybe will give more of a own thing. But anyways, that is that is the soccer recap. I'm sure we've, we've talked about having Jared back on in the future. So there's I think there's a chance we'll have him come on maybe later in the tournament as it gets closer to the final. Um, but hey... Sports are amazing, Josh. We haven't even talked about basketball at all yet, which we will. Don't worry. I'm I'm sure as the as the college football season closes, North
1: Carolina's been slipping up the last couple of games, man.
0: Hey, I'll say this though, Josh. I think as the as the college football season closes, as many of you know, we love college football. So as it closes, we'll be able to talk more NBA, more college basketball, be able to talk about these kind of things, and and discuss more of it. Um, we discuss how Ohio State women's basketball team is forcing like 35 turnovers a game, which is mind-boggling to me
1: we can talk about how weird it is seeing John Shire on the
0: Duke like yeah that is baseline weird. instead of Mike Krzyzewski it's weird man there's a yeah. lot of weirdness going on in sports but uh yeah man this is a good show Josh we 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 talked about it and I didn't cry so we we made it you through. didn't cry you didn't cry
1: <laughs> an emotional reaction I didn't know if I was gonna have to be like the counselor kind of person on this and just are,
0: are would like, you say Josh that you're shocked step, that step? I are you shocked that I handled it so well? Do you feel like I handled it well? Like handled. I think I think anything?
1: waiting until Wednesday probably helped. That was a yeah. yeah I would. Agree that was that. your call, and uh, well done, sir. So, this isn't the emotional reaction that everybody was hoping for. Probably, I know they were. They were probably
0: thinking, yeah. Yeah, I was, uh, man,
1: I was like soaking that. it all up, man. I was listening to every single Michigan Ohio State podcast I could find on Spotify, getting reactions from the game from everybody to see, like, what By the, the way, temperature Josh was, was the, from both Josh fanbases. was the
0: most annoying person when we were trying to figure this out. He's like, oh, here, and he just started posting things I'm like, Josh, are getting annoying. I'm really just getting annoyed, Josh.
1: Well, I was just sharing the tweets that I thought were interesting from, like, people in the Ohio the State, is, like, either fan base or beat, and I was just, like, trying to get, like, I wasn't doing it to, like, stir the pot. I was just sharing because I the, thought,
0: hmm, interesting. Hmm. Josh. Interesting, interesting. Josh doesn't post anything like with his sharing the stories. So like for me, I was just in already this heated anger of the loss. And I'm like, Josh, you're doing this to spite me, even though I know he probably wasn't. But in my head, I was like, you're spiting.
1: Like, me right I think now. the most interesting one,
0: was, uh, the Jesse
1: Minner one, I found an old tweet from a, an Ohio state fan that was talking about how Jim Knowles coached the fifth best defense in the country the year before. And Jesse Minner's defense at Vanderbilt the year before was when 18th. And then I found another tweet that basically just showed all Jesse Minner's second halves this year. And how it's like, yeah, you know, everybody thought that uh, what Jim Knowles was going to be was uh, what Jesse Minner turned out to be. And I was like, yeah, basically. I mean, Jesse Minner was the better defensive coordinator in this one. So I was like, hmm, interesting. And then the all the calls for like Ryan Day to be fired and bring in Mike Vrabel way. with yeah. a blank check and we, make we, Brian Hartline the offensive coordinator. And I was like, that's interesting, yeah. too.
0: I really will say that we didn't really get to talk about it, but Luke Fickle becoming the Wisconsin head coach, a huge hire for Wisconsin. I it think is. A that's a, that's a leveling
1: hire. up, man. I think everybody thought Jim Leonard was going to be the head coach there. I personally thought Luke Fickle was staying at Cincinnati until the Ohio State head coaching job opened. So the fact that he even left was amazing to me because he's and been I offered, I believe, Notre Dame. He's been offered Michigan State, turned those yeah, down. Wisconsin think... must have just
0: either given him enough money or just... To him was a much better fit. I do believe, though, if the high state job opens at some point, I do believe both him and Mike Ray will be the two guys that will be.
1: That is that after. is the underlying thing, too, and why it might be risky on Wisconsin's end, because it's like there's always that chance that Ryan Day maybe gets fired because he can't beat Michigan or goes to the NFL, whatever happens. Then there's always that chance that Fickle will go and get that job.
0: Yeah. And then you also, on top of that, you have. Um, also, on top of that, um, you also have um, Matt Rule t- taking the job in Nebraska, in Nebraska, which I is think weird. That's leveling up a little weird, though, a little weird, a but.
1: little weird of a fit. But I like it for Nebraska because Matt Rule built up Temple into a competitive team. He took Baylor basically from the death penalty into a team competing for the Big 12 championship. And Nebraska is kind of in a similar spot where they've just been in turmoil. They had that season last year where they had all those one-score games. And I think Matt Rule gave him a couple years so he could maybe build Nebraska back up to like an 8-4 and four level.
0: And Deion Sanders saying no to Cincinnati, but then Colorado, I guess? I don't know why that's better than Is he going one. to Colorado? Well, no, he's not going to Colorado, but he's never said like he's denying the Colorado job. Yeah, he basically s- said no to Cincinnati, which is interesting to me. Um, Brian yeah, he's Hartline, been, he's been Brian Hartline better not go to Cincinnati. I'm just saying that.
1: Brian Hartline to right Cincinnati is interesting. I've also heard that Texas a and is supposed to offer him a huge amount of money to be their offensive coordinator so brian hartline i mean that's a hot name i think jesse minner this last game I, made himself a hot yeah. name
0: i will say about brian hartline though is i think that ryan day knows he can't lose him and i would not be shocked if kevin wilson takes a head coaching job and you see brian hartline jump right into the offense coordinator role i would not Maybe. be surprised if you just to keep basically ryan day saying to kevin wilson go find yourself a head coaching job we want Brian Hartline and to keep him here. I think because they're going to pay him. I think they'll pay him big if to keep him here. So
1: maybe kind of kind of wrapping up to uh, Lane Kiffin ex- signs an extension with Ole Miss and it's Hugh Freeze, who Jake Crane had been calling for since basically week one of this season. Hire Hugh Freeze. It'll never happen because you know they don't have the balls to do it. But hire Hugh Freeze, and then basically every other coaching job that opened up, he's just like, you know, who I would hire? I would hire Hugh Freeze <laughs> <laughs> the Nebraska job opened up. Like Hugh Freeze has been the man and nobody thought that uh, a team like Auburn might, uh, you know, be able to deal with all the negative press that would come with that. But Hugh Freeze, man, I think that's that's the best. As much as I love Luke Fickle, too, I think this is the best hire out of all of them because he's proven he can recruit in the SEC. He's been a guy that's beaten Nick Saban back to back seasons. He uh, I mean, he made Liberty a competitive team. He helped coach and develop Malik Willis. I think, especially with Auburn, we've seen them compete at a national championship level with head coaches like Gus Malzahn and Gene Chizik. Like imagine what an actual good head coach like Hugh Freeze could do with this program. I think, again, it might be a situation where you got to give him a couple years because there's absolutely no talent in that building right now. And then keeping on Cadillac Williams as an assistant head coach, I think was also clutch. So Auburn, man, give them three or four years with Hugh Freeze. I think that they could end up being the best team out of all these uh, new coaching
0: hires. It's going to be crazy, a crazy ride. But Josh, what a crazy weekend we'll have coming up with college football. We'll see what happens. Next week, we'll be talking about the college football playoff. Did a high state make it? Did they not? Let us know your answers in the in the uh, comment section below. If you've loved this episode of the podcast, go ahead and click that thumbs up button. Hit the subscribe button. Hit that notification bell that allows us to see all the different comments. Go check out our last one with the guys, even though the game's already over. It was still a great conversation. Maybe uh, listening to some stuff will be interesting now that the final results. Exactly. Have been in, right. Like, oh, we called or, it. Or even if you want to hear about the college world playoff, go listen to our conversation with Aaron Lynn. I put it on the uh, on the YouTube. It's a great conversation. His thoughts on what it will be be turning out to be what it what it is now and so go check that out and if you love us on spotify or apple Podcasts, make sure you favorite it share it with your friends and family that'll be a lot and make sure you follow us at baseline.podcast on instagram we hope you guys have a great weekend we hope you guys get some rest have a good time Uh, and until next time we'll see ya